Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Good morning and welcome to the House of God on Mother's Day. What an honour I get to share around the Word on Mother's Day. And you know, I was thinking as we were going through the service and I was thinking, gee, this whole Mother's thing, it's tough, isn't it? I don't know, does anyone else find it tough? Am I the only mum that sometimes finds it a little bit tricky to be a mum? And <laughs> who said yes? Yeah, me too. Me too. And now I'm a grandmother, so I'm on a whole nother journey of this whole mother thing. So it's not always easy, but I can tell you it is an honour. And as I was sitting there this morning, and I am a bit of a crier, so please excuse me if I do have some tears. But as I was sitting there, you know, and I thought of some of you find Mother's Day hard. Some of you love it and some of you hate it and some don't want to come today. But what I thought about, I thought, you know, in this place, I am actually celebrating. I love my mum and I honour her today, but I'm actually celebrating the heart of the mother heart in our Heavenly Father. Because the Word says that He broods over His children because He loves them. And, you know, I love all our screens today have been about the kids, haven't they? And funny enough, whoever did the media today must have read a little bit of my message because um, I have titled my message, which now has gone to sleep. And please excuse me, I'm, I'm doing something very, very brave today. I'm using my computer. <laughs> I'm a paper girl, so this is very brave. But whoever did the media, I must have read my message because my title of my message is The Legacy Continues. It's always about the kids. Come on. <laughs> it's always about the kids. You know, they always need something. They always want something. There's always something the kids need. So even Mother's Day becomes about the kids. So that's what it is today. And I think that's okay. Don't you think? You know, um, last Sunday at this altar, I got the honor to pray with a young mum. And as I was praying for her, I looked down and I saw her little girl hugging her legs. And I just heard the words the Lord said to me as I laid my hands on the little girl's head. I heard the Lord say, the legacy continues. You see, what flows in the mother flows down to the children. And that beautiful godly mother who prays and loves God, now her little girl carries a blessing because of what the mother carries. How powerful is that, hey? And then I thought about, you know, the best parents are the ones who kind of have their focus on their kids. And then I couldn't help but think about how God has his focus on us. All the time, when Jesus went to the cross, it said he, he managed to go to the cross because of the joy that was set before him. That was you and me. Like, Wow. That's a good parent, and that's what he's focused on. And so today, I want to share from the book of Luke. And I don't know, when I have to prepare a message, I, I just, I want to know everything, you know? <laughs> and so I, I, I have way too much to bring, and I have to try and condense it, but I want to know the person, Luke, who wrote this story that I'm going to talk about. And he started to write, and he wrote to Theophilus, which I went, what is that? Do you know what that means? He wrote to the lovers of God. So this morning, the story I'm going to tell you is to you, to the lovers of God. It's you and I. How cool, hey? Good way to start. I like that. And so the background is today we're going to learn about two women and two women who conceived two babies, two women who carried something. And the background is Zechariah was a father 
um, of one of these babies, and he was in the temple. He was a priest. And this day in Luke 1, Zechariah is found um, in the temple, and he is called to go and burn incense into the Holy of Holies. It was a real honor. And when he's there, an angel appears to him. Don't you like that? I like that. I want to see an angel, don't you? So we're going to pick it up from verse 12, Luke 1, verse 12. And it says, Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear. But the angel reassured You know, I think we would be afraid if an angel came, wouldn't we? But the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has shown grace to you. For I've come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. And then he goes on to say that this son, John, he's going to be a forerunner. He's going to come before something else. He's going to carry the anointing of Elijah. And he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And those who are far from God, they're going to be able to come back close to God. This is the son that he was going to birth. And Zechariah said, how do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man. Any old man around? Any old woman around? You know, when God says something impossible to you, that's often our first response. He says, my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? And the angel said, I am Gabriel. Wouldn't you like to see Gabriel? I would. I, I actually, when I was writing this, I said, God, could I see Gabriel? <laughs> and Gabriel said, I stand beside God himself. In other words, this is a message from God. He has sent me to announce to you this good news. But now since you did not believe my words, you will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and a child is born to you. That will be your sign. And soon afterwards, Elizabeth got pregnant. Good. Then it goes on, and I'm just going to jump a few verses. It goes on to say that the angel then visits another woman, just an insignificant young woman. Her name was Mary. And he visits her, and he has a message for her too. And of course, like Zachariah, she too was afraid. She was scared, and he says, Don't yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found great delight in you and has chosen to surprise you. Do you like surprises? I do. With a wonderful gift, you will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever. His reign will have no limits. There will be no end to his kingdom. And Mary responded, this is what she said, and I love this bit. She said, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord as his servant. I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. Wow, what a faith statement that is. You know, I love this story. Think about it. It's a story of angels. It's a story of miracles. It's a story of prayers being answered. It's a story of surprises. Like I looked at the story and I thought, I actually really like this story. And so I asked God, I said, God, what do you want me to know? What do you want us to know this morning in the story? And one morning I actually had a dream. And in my dream, I heard the Lord say to me, you to tell the people, it is a new day. It's a new day. You know, I know we've moved into a new building, but it is a new day. And I'm speaking that prophetically over you. A new day. What does a new day bring? New mercies. Bible tells us there are new mercies every morning. If you have been in a place where you have felt, you know, I don't deserve the new. God says, my mercies are new every day. This morning you have mercies 
for whatever past has gone before. Today, mercies are here for you. That is good, hey. He is actually declaring, when he says you, it is a new day, he's declaring future over you. More that's yet to come. And Isaiah 43 says, I am doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in this house, in your life and in my life. That's a really good thing. But part of Isaiah's little, little word was, don't remember the former things, okay? Those things are gonna trip you up. And so we need to let go of something. We serve a God of resurrection life. He speaks over dead things. Do you like that? Because I do. He spoke over a dead dream for Zechariah. He didn't think he could ever have a son. And I believe that we serve a God of resurrection power and life today. Okay, have you got some dead things in your life? I know I do. And God speaking that those things are gonna come back to life, those dreams that we thought were dead. You see, this new day holds endless possibilities. Does that sound good? The angel, what he was saying to Zechariah is, I am bringing increase and I'm bringing enlargement to you. Wow, I want that. Zechariah wanted it. And you know, whenever God speaks pregnancy, do you know what that means? He, he speaks something new is coming, something fresh, life is coming, something is about to be birthed in your life. Are you excited? Okay, so if something's new coming, what do we have to do? We've got to get rid of the old. Let go of the past to step into the new. You know, pain is often associated. I thought about it when the angel came to Zechariah and he said, you're going to have a son. I imagine that when he said that, what it brought up was old disappointment because that was a prayer that hadn't been answered yet. And I would imagine that in Zechariah's head was, I put that old dream to bed a long time ago. I don't wanna go there. I don't wanna face that because that was really hard and I've gone on with my life, but that's just a big disappointment. That's just a place I got stuck. And that's a place even maybe a failure because in those days, you know, to have children was really important. And maybe that place was also a place of grief and heartache. But that's the place, that's the place the enemy spoke into. He spoke into the old dream. He spoke into the dead place and he spoke life over the dead place. And you see in the new day, that's what he does. He calls us to speak life over the things that were dead. And that was great. The angel actually started to encourage him and started to encourage him to believe for that old thing again. And poor Zechariah was being asked to believe for an impossible thing. In his situation, I'm old. Can you actually bear a son when you're old? No, your wife is old. She is way past that, that place. And, and you know what I think rose up in him? And I, and I know this is probably all our issues, unbelief. Unbelief, doubt. That's not gonna happen, how can that happen? But the angel wanted Zechariah to believe in a miracle working God, a God that can do anything. And so he encouraged him, let go of your old pain, let it go. Don't hold on to it. You know, Pastor Anne came and spoke to the woman's a few weeks ago. She told us how she broke her arm and she was favoring this arm because it was always so sore. And then she went to the surgeon and he said to her, you've gotta stop that, Anne. He said, you've got to start using your arm. You've got to start moving past your pain because otherwise your, your whole arm will actually, it will actually freeze and you've got to walk through your pain to find your healing and let go of that. And you know, as I was writing this, God reminded me that um, when my dad died, and I have some props today, when my dad died, I, um, I got his jacket. This is his tree jacket um, that was just a momentum. You know, you like to have something of the person that you love. And mum said go into his cupboard, take what you want. And I purposely picked this. And do you know why I picked it? I picked this jacket because my dad used to preach in this jacket. Now, I didn't necessarily have a dream that I would preach. But you see, I loved what my dad carried. 
My dad carried that. Out of his heart was, he wanted to know God. And he wanted to make God known. And so when I picked out this jacket, what I was picking up was not the pain of losing my dad, which it could represent. It was not the grief that we lost our church at that time and friends and family. or David's both his parents. We went through a season of real heartache. And I could have picked that jacket and gone, I'm just going to remember my pain. I'm just going to remember all the bad things that happened. But no, I picked this jacket up because this jacket represents legacy. This jacket represents a baton in a race. That my dad is up there and yes, he died. And yes, he didn't finish everything that was prophesied over him. But do you know what? That legacy still carries on because I picked the jacket up. And where's my Caleb? Caleb, would you come here? You see, this jacket um, is my opportunity to move into the future. It's my opportunity to, to carry legacy. And um, Caleb, would you put this jacket on, sweetheart? Okay. You see, the legacy continues. The legacy continues, okay. And the funny thing was, the funny thing was that, you know, I didn't, this is not something you do and you have this mind that I'm just gonna do this and this is gonna happen. This. You know what, Caleb came into my house one day and Caleb said, mum, can I have that jacket? I said, absolutely, absolutely. Because the legacy continues, you see, because it's always about the kids. It's always about what comes next. Thank you, sweetheart. You can keep the jacket. <laughs> you see, as you let go of the pain of the old, what you do is you embrace future. You embrace legacy. You embrace something new. And um, what I love about what the angels spoke, I love this part. And I wept. I wept as I wrote this. He spoke incredible things over this new day. You know what he spoke? You see, he said, once in a lifetime opportunities are coming. Once in a lifetime opportunities are coming. Now, Zechariah was one of 20,000 priests in the temple in those days. And only one person once a year could go in and burn incense at the temple. Guess where the lot fell for Zechariah that day? At Zechariah's feet. And the Lord said to me, I can hear Zechariah doing what David pre preached about last weekend. Yes, it's my turn. Yes, it's my turn. Once in a lifetime opportunities, church, don't, don't hesitate. You know what, he asked, what else he said? He said, no longer are the heavens brass or closed. The heavens are wide open. You know how I know that? Because 400 years had passed between the last prophet and when Gabriel met with Zechariah. 400 years of silence where God had not spoken. And all of a sudden, the heavens are wide open. And God is speaking because he sings Gabriel, who stands next to God in his throne room to bring a message for Mary and for Zechariah and for Elizabeth. How powerful is that? And you know what? It's a day that we've stepped into of angelic visitations. Get ready, church. Open your eyes. And it's a day of long-awaited prayers being answered. The angel said, your prayer for a child has been answered. And when you look it up in the Greek, and the Passion Bible tells you this, it says, I have come to answer the prayer that you don't even pray anymore. Have any of you got prayers? That under deep disappointments, you stop praying. Have any of you got prayers where you gave up? Because 
just situations, your physical body, maybe, maybe your family is just like, this is just never going to happen. Well, you know what? The angel, the angel brought the message that this new day, guess what? The prayers that you've even stopped praying are going to be answered. And then he speaks about birthing. Okay, and I know I'm a mother, so I understand that. But even if you're not a mother, birthing is an incredible process. And I was in the birthing room with my son, Andrew, and his wife with their, their little son. And I tell you what. I saw my daughter-in-law and she put everything into this birthing. And honestly, the, the intense, intense emotions. But I tell you what, the moment, the moment that baby was born, Andrew and I burst into tears. AJ, as you know, we burst into tears. The joy, the joy on Maddie's face. <laughs> the joy on Maddie's face was ecstatic. In this new day, joy and gladness. You see, when... John the Baptist was born, joy and gladness was prophesied over him, that it would bring great joy and gladness to his parents. That is, that is the season we've stepped into. That is a new day. And for some of you, you may never have had a baby, but I'm telling you, you've got spiritual babies. You've got spiritual children. And when you birth those spiritual children, you're going to have such joy and such gladness that you're just going to leap. And you know, this new day is all about Jesus. This whole story that we just read was all about Jesus. That's, that's what's so exciting. It's Jesus. Here's the focus of the new day. And then the angel spoke, fulfillment of promise. Do you know, we are walking into days where promises are being fulfilled. And lastly, in the new day, the new day, the voice of the enemy bringing unbelief, doubt, fear, will be silenced. Zechariah was forbidden to speak. And God is placing a gag over unbelief and silence and, and fear in this day. In this day, what he is saying, that voice of unbelief has no voice over your promise. None whatsoever. God is putting, not us, because you know what? Sometimes we try and we can't. God is putting the gag in the voice of unbelief and doubt and fear over your life and my life. Yes, thank you, Jesus, because I need that. I need that. And you know what the angel said in this new day? God's word will come to pass in the appointed time. There is no if, it's not when, it will come to pass. So how does legacy continue? How does it continue? How do we do this? How do we pass? it on. It continues with the generation that says yes. The most powerful word, yes, Lord. Mary said yes. What happens? What happens when you say yes? You become pregnant. <laughs> you become pregnant with what God says. How good is that? Men, you can be pregnant too. <laughs> Zechariah was pregnant, okay? Pregnant with promise, my point number two. I believe God, you know, I really believe that God asked Mary to carry, to carry a message. She, he asked her to carry something. And we know that he carried, she carried the King of Kings, the kingdom that had no limit and no end. How cool is that? She got asked to carry the message of restoration, redemption, hope. And Mary said, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. And as I've written this, I've said this over and over. I'll be a mother for the Lord. Yes, I will, Lord. What would she carry? She'd carry his love. She'd carry his peace, his goodness. That's what she'd carry. You know, we had a room full yesterday of young women. And I know I had so many come to me and said, I don't know what it was, but I felt something today. They felt Jesus. It wasn't us. It was him flowing through. 
And I don't know um, if you've ever had a malfunction on your phone, because if you know me, my phone gets a few, don't they, David? And do you know the first question they always ask me? Come on, what question would they ask me? Anyone know? No, David. Tanelle, you know. Did you back your phone up? First question they ask me, did you back your phone up? Because you know, if you don't back your phone up on your computer, guess what? You lose all your data. And so the first question, because usually I come in a panic, because I usually write my notes on my phone as I'm going about the day, God just downloads, and I'm quickly writing, and then I go in a panic because something's happened to my phone, and David says, did you back your phone up? Because he knows, see, there's this little button, if you've backed your phone up, that you can restore it all back. And you see, that's exactly what Mary carried. She carried the man who could restore all our mess-ups, all our mistakes, all our failures, all our past. That's what she carried. How cool is that? And you know what else I love about the story is God decides to use Mary, who's an insignificant woman, just like me, nothing. We're just nobodies. And he says, you know what, I'm going to use you because he said, you know, way back in Eden, there was a woman who ate off a tree that she probably shouldn't have and she sinned. And all through the generations, men and women as well have been blaming themselves and blaming the woman for the sin that entered this world. So he says, guess what I'm going to use? A woman. Why? Because we serve a God who restores dignity and honor back. He removes shame off our lives. So he used a woman. How cool. And Mary was given the place of restoring Eden back to this world, to being the vessel to bring that place of right standing back with God. I, I really like that. And I believe today, I think he's asking you and I the same thing. Would you be pregnant with the message of Jesus? Yeah. I said yes, because I, I don't want any more physical babies, just for the record. But <laughs> I said yes, Jesus. I want to be pregnant with the message of Jesus. And so I pray that you would also say, can I be a mum, Lord? Can I be that one that would carry everything of the kingdom? Can I bring Eden back to this world? I think Mary stepped into destiny, and I think today he's calling you to step into destiny. She said yes to bringing the legacy of Jesus. Bring it back. Bring back the hope the love, the peace. Do you know what's so powerful is that when the angel came to speak to her, Mary said, yes, let it be according to your word. She made agreement with what God spoke over her future, but more than that, she made agreement what God's speaking over your future. Way back then, I don't think Mary had any concept of what her yes would do for you and me. Like, really? Did she know? Do you think my dad knew when he decided to, you know, be a pastor and preach and serve God. He had no idea what would affect us. Amazing. And so your yes will also bring much. I really believe that. It will bring God's favor around your life. It's going to bring blessing into your world. It brings things. And I, I just often think, imagine if Mary could see today. Imagine. Who knows? Maybe she can. But you know, church, it's not about the now. It's always about the next, what's yet to come. We've got a sign for highway, occupy the future. I want to do that this year. Do you? Do you want to not just talk about it? I want to live it. I want to walk into it. I don't want to just have the words. I want to have the testimony of what God is doing. And so you may be believing for something absolutely incredible. It's so hard to even imagine it would ever happen. Something that seems totally impossible. But I believe that's just where God wants you. I believe he wants you to be a man and woman of faith. But you know, if you are and if you do have a situation in front of you that seems so just so hard to believe for, so impossible. Can I 
encouraged you to find God's promise over that. Ask God to speak his word over that situation. Because you know what the angel said to Mary in Luke 1.37, this is what he said. He said, not one promise of God is empty of power. Not one promise. So if you can find one promise over your circumstance, and he said, not one promise of God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. So you detach his word over your circumstance, over your situation, over your body, over the giant in front of you, over the mountain that stands in your way. You attach his word and his promise to that place. You know what he says? Nothing is impossible with God, but you've got to attach the promise. And you see, you've got to make agreement with the promise. And I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, no freshly word from, spoken from God will ever come to you that does not contain within itself its own ability to perform itself. Every Rima word of God contains the power to perform itself within itself. The soil, okay, the soil for that seed of his word is our Amen. Can you say amen? Because I've been saying amen. Amen, God, to whatever you've written in my book over my life. If you can say that, what you're saying is your word is greater than my circumstances. Your word is greater than my thoughts that tell me I can't happen. Your word is greater than any doctor's diagnosis over you. Your word is greater than anything I've been born with or any culture, anything that's been spoken over me. Your word trumps all. And the angel encourages Mary that is in this place, when you take that, it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can actually conceive the promise. So we need the Holy Spirit. And David preached about that last weekend. And then he doesn't just leave it there. Then the angel gives Mary a faith story. You need faith stories, don't you? I need faith stories. I don't want to just hear someone else's story. I want my faith story. So then the angel comes along and the angel says, and I'm going to tell you, you know your cousin Elizabeth? Guess what, Mary? She's conceived and she is now in her sixth month. And the thing that what everyone called her barren and childless, now, you know what? God calls her pregnant. Guess what, Mary? Your cousin who was childless, who is old, who was a possible to have a baby. Guess what? She's pregnant. <laughs> and he says the thing this world calls our life barren. Do you know that word barren? Do you know what it means? It means lifeless. There is no life there. It means bleak, without hope. And instead of calling her barren, which is what the world calls often our lives, God calls it pregnant, full of life. See, God is in the, in the business of changing landscapes of our lives, barren places, deserts, paths that seem so broken and abused, places that seem like there is no hope. When God comes in, guess what? He changes the landscape. Isaiah, the same Isaiah, he said, I'm doing a new thing. You know what he said? He said, in that desert, I would cause rivers to swing, to spring out into that desert. And in that desert, it will no longer be a desert. It would become a forest. It would become a place of fruitfulness. This is what Jesus brings to our life when we say yes. How powerful is that? You see, when you give your life to Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Barren, dead things come alive and they come back to life. Impossibilities become possible. You know, I have a story that um, when Caleb, and I have asked his permission, but Caleb and Georgia, um, they, by, it was a surprise, wasn't it, Caleb? It was, what, this time last year? Well, not quite, but a few months before that, nine months before that, um, Caleb and Georgia pulled Dave and I aside and said, oh, we've just got some news. And we went, really? And he, Caleb said, well, we're having a baby. 
And then Georgia looked with tears in her eyes. She's a softie, isn't she, Caleb? And she said, um, but the doctor's saying that it's just a sack and we can't find a heartbeat. And she cried. And the moment she said it, God spoke a word. And we spoke the word over the bay and we stood together, the four of us. Remember that moment? We stood together and we prayed. And we prayed the breath of God into what he had birthed, that he only brings good gifts. And so we started to speak the word and we made agreement. And Caleb and Georgia were going on a holiday for two weeks. They went on holiday and they came back. And Georgia told me afterwards, and she went to the doctor. And the doctor put that little thing on her belly, you know, whatever it is, the dublo, is it? Is that what they call it? And it was doot, <laughs> and you all know the miracle that's come. You see, the doctor said, it is lifeless, the sack is empty, it is barren, it is dead, there is nothing there. But God said she is pregnant. She has a baby inside of her. And now we have our own faith story. Now we says, yes, God caused those dead things back to life. Yes, God is a miracle working God. Yes, he can take a barren life. He can take a broken life. He can take a sick body. And yes, Yes, he can heal it. Yes, he can bring it back. How good is our God, hey? How good is our God? How's our time going? Are we just about up? Okay, I'm not going to better finish my whole, my whole word, but what I will tell you, I brought with me, okay, I brought with me something to show you. I've been introduced by my friend here. <laughs> was jigs. Has anyone ever done a was jig? A was jig? You've done a was jig? It's good, hey? Well, I've just found, you see, the, the interesting thing about was jig, see that word, was jig? It's actually jigsaw backwards. I didn't know that. Tanil introduced me to that. And this picture on the, on the box, okay, this picture is um, now. And you've got to piece together what's coming next. Future. And you see, that's what happens when God gives us a promise. We can only see the now. And we get so confused because we're like, really, God? Are we like Zechariah, Really? Are you really saying that I'm going to be free? Really, God? Are you really saying that you can set my past free and give me a new future? Are you saying that you can give me a family and, and those that love me? Are you really saying that I won't battle with these thoughts and those, those problems in my mind and I can't sleep and that I'll be able to sleep and I'll have peace? Are you really saying that? And he gives this beautiful promise and we say, okay, God, as Mary said, let it be according to, me, to your word. I say, yes, Lord, let me be a mother. Let me carry Jesus to my circumstance, to my problems, to my future. I say yes Jesus I say yes and then he starts to get the pieces out and he starts to put us back together and when you take that word and every time doubt and fear comes up you get the promise and you said but he said when your mind tells you it's impossible but he said his word says what he begun he will complete that he is a God of miracles he is a great restorer and so every time you start to put the pieces back together what you start to do is that you start to build his story that he's written over you and you see, you start to get a glimpse of what he says, not what this world says, not what your body says, not what your circumstances said. You start to get the picture of his story. And every time you make agreement with what he says, something comes together a little bit more until that picture starts to reflect your very maker, your creator, and his story. But we've got to have the yes to be the vessel first. And that vessel saying yes is so, so important. And I'm just going to skip to my end because we've run out of time. And what I want to say is that, you know, David last week spoke about um, John Wesley. Do you remember that? Did you like the message last week? It's my turn. Do you know it's your turn, church? Do you want to see a miracle? Do you want your own faith stories? I do. I love hearing testimonies from someone else. But I want to tell you my story. 
I want to tell you what God did in my life. I want to tell you the prayer he answered for me. I want to tell you, and I am going to tell you, I've got more stories coming. I've got more stories coming. And I tell you what, there are so many stories in this room. And you know, one of the things that I do love, and if I've just got two seconds, is... I love the sunflower. Why do I love the sunflower? Because the sunflower turns its face to the sun, the warmth of the love of God. When you do that, it opens, it blossoms, and out of it come seeds. And those seeds, within each seed, is a DNA to multiply and reproduce. And see, every seed has got, every flower, they say, has got between 1,000 and 2,000 seeds. And as it turns, it's actually impossible for a sunflower to blossom without turning its face to the sun. And it's only when it turns its face to the one, okay, the warmth of the sun, that the seeds come out. And can you imagine the seeds that are in this room as each of us turn our face to the love of God? What destiny has God got for you? Mary was to bring Jesus. That legacy continues. It continues today. And last week, David spoke about John Wesley. He was a man, if you know, he was a reformist, he was a revivalist, and he started the Methodist church. And he had a mother. And I really should say this because it is Mother's Day, hey. He had a mother, and her name was Susanna Wesley. And she was one of 25 children. She was number 25 of 25. <laughs> And she had 19, so if we need a hero, she's it. A mother hero, Susanna Wesley. Nine of her children died. Nine. She survived so much heartache, so much pain, so much grief, so much sadness. But she, she said yes to Jesus. She said, yes, I will be a mother for you. And every time hard things came up, you know, one of the things um, that did happen to her was even in that time, so if you're in this room today and you are a single mum, do you know her husband actually left her for a portion of her life and she, she actually brought 10 children up alone in some time, in some part of her life and she still continued to say yes and she had the saying that she decided that she was going to trust God and one of the things she put into her life was she said, I will never spend more time on entertainment than I do on prayer and devotion to my God. So what she decided to do was she spent two hours every single day praying and what would happen, because you can imagine a house of 10 children, what she did was she put her apron over her head and the children realized that when she put her apron over her head, they were not to disturb her because she was praying, reading her Bible, and studying to bring the Word. And what she did was she opened her home up on Sunday afternoons and just started a, just a simple Bible study for her children. And neighbours heard, and then she had hundreds come to her home. And out of that place, her two sons, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, these two men, they became revivalists. It is said, it's documented, and I checked my figures last night, it is documented that over tens of thousands of souls came out of these two men. Why? Why? Because there was a mother who said, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. How awesome. So my challenge to you today is, okay, will you say yes? You might be in this room today and you may not know Jesus. You may have just come today to honor your mom and celebrate who she is. But God is talking to you. He says, no accident that you're in this house today. He says, if you would turn your face to the sun, to the one who loves you, 
most amazing things will come out of your life. He's able to heal your past. He's able to set you free. He's a God that turns impossible situations possible. And if that's you today, my challenge I've got two is one that, would you give your life to Jesus? Because I did and I've never been the same again. And the second challenge is for us, those of us that know Jesus, will we be the ones that would say as Mary did, yes, Lord, let it be according to me, to your word. Whatever your word says over me, I say yes. And my, what I say to you too is don't give up. If you're at that point where you feel like you're gonna give up, can I encourage you, don't give up. Hold fast to your promise. Step it again with relentless faith and determination. Can you trust God with the future? Trust Him because He's a good God and He is painting a good picture over your life. He is faithful, I can tell you. His Word will not return void. And can I tell you, remind you, and if you need to practice or memorize a scripture, memorize Luke 137, for no promise of God is devoid of power and nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible. To end today, I'm going to ask David, as a father of the house, to come and pray over us. Is that all right, David? And you know, I'd love it if you would love to give your life to Jesus, if you would come and see me after the service, because it would be an honour to lead you to my Jesus. He's just so beautiful and I love Him and it's an honour to live my life for Him. So if you would like to know more of Him, please come and see me. I'd love to introduce you to Him. David, would you come up and pray? Two things we're going to pray for. Claire spoke about salvations. I don't know who you are, all of you, face to face. Can we just close our eyes just for a second? Because when you commit something, when you do something physical towards God, He sees it. Is there anybody here that doesn't know Jesus or feels like you've, you've walked away from, from Jesus? If that's you, can you please raise your hand? We're going to pray for you this morning. Anybody here? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? next prayer Claire spoke about life and old dreams old prayers if you're here this morning and you've made a commitment to God and you've stepped back or maybe you said it's too hard I'm not going to go there anymore because I can't do what God's told me to do if you want some fresh life if you want that baby that's always been in you to be birthed and to come into fruition and start doing what God's planned for you would you like to raise your hand this morning? If that's you this morning, if you feel like there's some things that you need to put before God and allow Him to put His hand all over you, just keep your hands up. I can see all those hands. Any more? Something powerful is going to happen this morning. Let me tell you. God honors your commitment. Thank you. Anyone else? Take a few more seconds. Thank you. Anyone else? Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. So Lord, I pray this morning. And I ask right now, in the seats, with us standing at the front, I ask, Lord God, Lord, as you've seen our commitment this morning, I pray for all of the power of heaven to come down upon every hand that's raised, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, Lord God, for every hand that's raised, Lord, and I pray, Lord, you would open doors, Lord, that they never thought would be opened. I even prophesy, Lord God, Lord, Lord, the dreams that have laid dormant for so long, I command them to come back to life in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray.
that you would come with your power and your authority and rest all over every hand, Lord, I ask. I pray, Lord God, for the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to come and rest upon every person in this house. That God, Lord, your peace and your love and your joy would come upon our hearts and our souls, Lord. And more than that, Lord, I pray, Lord God, for the power of heaven, Lord God. Let us realize, Lord, we're carriers of your very anointing, Lord God. And for every hand, Lord, I pray that it would be an antenna that's raised, Lord, catching, Lord, the very sound of heaven this morning, Lord, and the very anointing of heaven this morning, Lord God, and, and pulling it back into the lives of the person whose hands that's raised, Lord, I pray. So now, Lord God, and, and the, for me just standing here this morning, Lord, and not any authority, that, Lord, except it's from you, Lord God, I appoint and I anoint every person, Lord, that they would carry out the task that you have for them, Lord, I pray. That, Lord God, when they meet you face to face, as I always pray, Lord God, you would be saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So God, Lord, I pray for bodies to be whole. I pray for minds to be released. And God, Lord, I ask, Lord, for your freedom to be in the house this morning, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.